Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Joining me on the line is my big sister, Julie Dolan, in Dallas, Texas. How are you, Jewel? I'm very well, Liz. Good to be with you today. Yeah. On Valentine's Day. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. And happy Valentine's Day to you too, Liz. And I noticed on our in the Facebook group that uh, Wendy celebrated Valentine's Day yesterday with a nice hike, a really good group photo of the Valentine's Day hike that she undertook. So happy Valentine's Day to all. Uh, it's just Julie and I today. Uh, Leanne is working. Sheila is working. We've gotten a lot of email questions about where is Sheila. Her new schedule, because she's a private tutor now, not a classroom teacher, means she works a lot on the weekends when we record this show. So we're hoping that we will be able to sync up schedules soon, but not yet. And Monica's not available, but she did send us a picture of um, skating in the new rink in Bend, Oregon. So I think... (laughs) That's exciting. That is exciting. Oh, there's this beautiful new rink, Julie, not very far from our little place there. So next time you visit, you're going to enjoy. I know how much you love to skate. And I'll yes, bet you don't is. get to do very much of that in Dallas. Yes. No, I don't, Liz. But um, And you know what? I just read that you know who else really enjoys skating and thinks she's pretty good at it? Mindy Kalen. Really? She, yes. I saw a little interview, about, uh, read an interview, and that's one of her like secret talents. Wow. Well, Ice skating. Isn't she from Massachusetts? I don't know. So I, I think she is. And, uh, wow, that's interesting. Well, funny, I was just catching up on quite a few episodes of The Mindy Project on Hulu yesterday. That's what's great about a three-day weekend is you can really log a lot of hours uh, catching up on things you haven't seen. But anyway, happy Valentine's Day. I got two super cute pieces of communication that are quasi-Valentine's Day related that I just thought I would share. Uh, one is my college roommate, Adrian, who you probably remember, Julie. I do. Okay. I got a card from Adrian this week. I'm actually seeing her this afternoon. She's going to be in Southern California. It, so it's the family Christmas card. She and her husband, Jack, and their children and grandchildren. And it says Merry Christmas on it. But she obviously was a little late mailing this out. So over the Merry Christmas, she just put like a sticker that says Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's great. You know, Liz, it's interesting you say that. I got a happy Valentine's Day Christmas card from a friend as well. I think it's a good trend. (laughs) I think it's it's never too late to get to send out those nice family photos. It's never too late. If you miss the holidays, call it Valentine's Day, call it Valentine's Day. I'm happy to get it for, you know, St. Patrick's Day. Memorial Day is a perfectly appropriate time to send family photos anyway. So happy Valentine's Day from Adrienne and her family. And then last week I got the most hilarious email at work. Uh, And I, I lumped this under the Valentine's Day umbrella because it's from a man who loves his wife. So, you know, one of the things I love so much about my job is that 
I work with people all over the world. It's a very unique environment. I work with people in dozens of countries, and uh, that's why I travel so much. But, you know, there's so many people spread out in so many different countries that even if you've only met someone once or twice, you're in constant email contact with them or a video conference. So it's a very nice family feeling throughout the company worldwide. So one of my colleagues uh, is a guy named Leo Rosales, and he is in uh, the Guatemala City office. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been to that office twice in the last two years. Yes, and you usually are going to Guatemala from like Beijing, China, or, or <laughs> something, happen. Yes. something like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so so Leo and I have become friends because I've been there a couple of times, but also his department, uh, they make apps and things. So like when we need a little like game app for the new season of 24 or something like that, it would be Leo's department in Guatemala that would make that. And then we would use that all over the world. So uh, he does all kinds of digital gaming and websites and things like that. Anyway, we've gotten to know each other fairly well over the years. But the other day I got this, this email from him. Hello, Liz. Hope you are doing great. I know you know a lot of people in show business. Do you by any chance know Celine Dion personally or someone in her inner circle? My wife loves Celine madly in a good way. And I'm trying to make an arrangement for her to meet Celine in person somewhere. But apparently there's no meet and greet in the Las Vegas concerts nor anywhere else. Have a great night. I know this is probably the weirdest email you've ever gotten from anyone in the company. <laughs> so so I responded. First of all, I think it's hilarious that he, he thinks I might know Celine Dion or someone in, in her inner circle. I, I, I think it's a re- totally reasonable que- uh, question. <laughs> I think everyone that has ever listened to a Satellite Sister podcast would just assume that on some summit you must have run into Celine. Uh, and I well, think that's – yeah. <laughs> So that so I responded and apologized, like, no, I don't know her, but, like, good for you. It sounds like, you know, your wife, you, you must be a very good husband uh, to your wife. And then he wrote back, and he wrote, ha, 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 I had to try. I imagine that you have a glam life, like dinners with Gwyneth Paltrow, weekends with the Obamas, and so on. So thank you very much for trying. Have a great weekend, Leo. <laughs> so, Liz, don't, don't burst his bubble. I know. He thinks you're, you're eating dinner with Gwyneth. Well, she doesn't eat, so first thing. I know, that's no fun. He doesn't realize that I really am, like on three-day weekends, laying at home on my couch, watching the Mindy Project on Hulu. But, okay, Leo, if you're listening, I'm sorry to disappoint you that my life is not that glam, but it makes me super happy that you imagine that that is my, that is my life. Yeah. Well, and it was such a sweet thing, what he's doing, trying to do for his wife. Yes. I mean, isn't that nice? That's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's I know. a... Yeah, you totally, you totally would try to help if you could help. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I mean. It's like one big happy family around the world. And the fact that he felt he could reach out to me and ask me that uh, just makes me happy. Uh, so the other thing going on here in Santa Monica this weekend is today is the Los Angeles Marathon. I don't know if you've been watching any of this on television. It's actually the, the, the leaders, have, the winners have won, but all the runners are, are still out there on the course. 
No, Liz, we, uh, I'm in Texas. We're not watching the LA marathon. I'm watching okay. the cold in the Northeast. That's yeah. uh, but, okay, that but, so what are the, yes, that looks terrible. So what are people are running around in uh, LA? How well, is, well you know that my neighborhood, they, so the LA marathon, uh, they call it from the stadium to the sea. So it starts at Dodger stadium, winds around Los Angeles and ends up here in Santa Monica at the Santa Monica pier. So my, the whole, the course sort of wraps around my neighborhood. The last three miles, uh, is completely in, in my zone. So, uh, and the, the finish is along Ocean Avenue. So this morning I was out walking Ferris. We walked down to Ocean Avenue. All, everything was blocked off and, but a, a big, a, they call it fog in the rest of the world, but in Santa Monica, for marketing reasons, we call it a marine layer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bad weather. The marine layer is just, it's just bad, socked in bad weather. That's what they would call it, like, on the East Coast. But, yes. yes. No. Marine layer. Marine yes. layer sounds so refreshing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And it was refreshing, but you could not see your hand in front of your face down there early this morning, like 7 o'clock this morning. So, anyway, so I came home, and then I turned on the TV so I could watch the finishers on TV. And then I walked over to San Vicente, which is a big avenue through my neighborhood. And then I can see the real people running by, and that's mile 24. But anyway, it was very funny to see the uh, the finish on television because until he was right there, the winner, uh, Weldon Karui from Kenya, could not see the finish line, Julie. They're like, they're waving at him. They're over here. <laughs> the marine layer was so thick. He couldn't even see the finish line. He almost took a turn off the course. It's just a straight shot on Ocean Avenue, but he had no idea where he was going. So uh, so that was very funny. And, and they couldn't see if anyone was close behind them either. So you can imagine when you're coming up to the finish line, you kind of want to know, is anyone close? And so he kept looking behind him. So the first four uh, finishers were all men from Kenya. And uh, today, by the way, now that the marine layer is lifting, it's going to be a super hot day here in Santa Monica. And the winner of the women's race was Natalia Lahankova from Ukraine. And I had never seen her before, but she is one solid runner. And again, it was still pretty thick. <laughs> but she came out of the fog or the marine layer to finish the race. So I just wanted to say uh, congratulations to um, everyone who's out there on the course now because, you know, I know we have a lot of uh, listeners, including Marie, who are regular marathoners and are training all the time. We see that on our Facebook group, how much people post about the things that they're training for or races that they're running. But it is kind of fun just to see, like, real people out there doing the deed. So congratulations to everyone finishing today's Los Angeles Marathon. And that's coming from you, Liz, who are, you have completed the New York Marathon on two occasions, right? That's uh, correct. It seems yes. like a million years ago, Julie. But Well, but, yes. but you did it, Liz. <laughs> and I saw, I, you know, I was there watching the marathon. So I, I think it's a great spectator sport, but it sounds like that was a, a little challenging this morning. Yes, I think so. Well, of course, today we do want to mark the passing of Antonin Scalia, um, the Supreme Court justice who uh, who died. Very, I mean, I think it was uh, shocking and sudden that he died uh, uh, on Friday evening. Um, 
but you know, and there's, you can read, I mean, I think that's it was all, Saturday evening, right? Sorry. Saturday evening. Yes, right. Well, no, it was announced Saturday evening, Liz. Oh. He actually passed away on Friday evening. They found him Saturday morning. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yes, all right. Yes. 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 Okay. So, uh, so anyway, but he, um, you know, and there's just, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to attempt. I mean, here, this is the good news, Liz. I am not going to attempt to summarize his um, his approach to jurisprudence, the impact of his decisions for the last three decades. Okay, thank you. But, uh, but I... We I will leave that to Nina Totenberg. Yeah, I will. I, I did read the, like, the 50-page um, obituary that was in the New York Times this morning, and I was struck by one thing, that one of the core um, tenets of his, um, his uh, judicial thinking was based on big families. Did you know this, Liz? Oh, because really? No. I, know. I well, mean, I has, know he had a big family, but had, how does that impact your view of jurisprudence? Well, he had nine kids, Liz. And uh-huh. uh, he, I guess, in observing the interaction of the nine children, he, he realized that there was some, some ba- you know, that this is really when you understand justice. And he gave a talk at Harvard in 1989 where he said, parents know that children will accept quite readily all sorts of arbitrary substantive dispositions, no television in the afternoon, or even no television at all, he said at at a Harvard lecture. But try to let one brother or sister watch television when the others do not, and you will feel the fury of the fundamental sense of justice unleashed. (laughs) Is that not right? That is totally true. I mean, kids have a very strong sense of fairness. Yes, of what's fair and what's unfair, and it, it and a lot of it centers on the television, or it did, or it used to center on the television. So um, I just was struck with that. I mean, he was an only child that ended up having nine children of his own, and we extend our best wishes and sympathies to his family. And Liz, you know, we're not going to get into it, but. It is an election year, and we've had. I mean, it's not like we haven't had politics, and now we have the nomination of a Supreme Court justice to like ramp the political discussion up even more. Yeah, is just it's a little disheartening. That's Mm -hmm. why I was very happy to see our sister Leanne has started on Facebook the draft Liz Dolan for Supreme Court nominee. Oh, and I think, I think you, I think you'd be a fine justice. Liz. <laughs> I'd like to think I have a strong sense of fairness, yes. but I think the glam life I'm leading, hanging out with Gwyneth Paltrow and, uh, and the Obamas apparently might disqualify me, but okay. Feel free to go to our Facebook group and, and vote for me. Yes. I mean, you're not a lawyer, but you don't need to be a lawyer to be a Supreme Court justice. That you don't? Is, that, no, that's, that's not, not, a, not a requirement, Liz. And I, I feel like you have, for the last uh, 15 years that we, we've done Satellite Sisters, you've been a practicing attorney for us, <laughs> and it's worked out pretty well. So I think, I think you'll do fine with some of those cases, Liz. You know, it's funny about the TV being the source of so much sense of fairness and unfairness in a big family. Because I do remember when we were young, we had a very strict no TV during the week rule. That's right. Except when Leon, who's the baby, Leon got to watch as much TV as she wanted, but we were never allowed to watch TV. But that's why. So Friday nights were like so exciting because Friday nights we could turn on the TV and we got to drink that orange soda called Pal. 
Oh, yeah. That was That's, living, Liz. That That's, was really living. We just dated ourselves like, <laughs> in the worst possible way, Liz. No, you I'm going to date myself even more right now. But when it came to the TV, because me, Sheila, Monica, we are all just one year apart. So we were often just treated as one person, right? Like, the, yeah. like we either we all Liz went to Sheila Monica. It was yes. sort of one word. Liz yes, Sheila we Monica. all stayed up, or we all went to bed, or we all went to school, or we all went to camp, or we were sort of a unit. You were a little bit older, so you you had an independent life, but I was part of a voting block that was me, Sheila Monica, and but then at a certain point uh, in the Friday night TV debate, I just was desperate to be able to watch Get Smart. Uh, because that was my favorite show. And there was a year where I negotiated some sort of deal with mom. I don't even know how I negotiated this, where we would go to bed, Michi LaMonica, we would go to bed, and then I could sneak down the back stairs and come back into the TV room and watch um, and watch Get Smart. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. nice. So, uh, uh, Sheila or Monica, if you're listening... <laughs> they are going to be so mad. They are going to be so mad. Uh, Antonin Scalia is right. It all happens in the home around the TV. Uh, okay, other major news this week. It was the end of the siege at the bird sanctuary in Oregon. You probably saw that all yes. over the news. Yes, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness that is over. Um, but here's, you know, I was reading a story in uh, today's LA Times about this, and Here's the lesson, Julie. Birds don't care. Birds birds just really don't care. Because according to, so it was February 11th when they finally cleared out of the bird sanctuary, the, the occupiers who had been illegally occupying it. And the 11th is actually the date uh, when the birds start to arrive. As it happens, you know, they've been tracking this for many years. And on February 11th, that's the earliest date that migrating tundra swans okay. begin appearing in the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge. So, because that's along the Pacific Flyway. And so, just as if nothing else in the world is happening, the, uh, the tundra swans started arriving on the 11th, because birds don't care, Julie. They don't care if it's occupied or not occupied. And so, over the course of the weekend, they say northern pintails are arriving, red-winged blackbirds are arriving, and as well as snow geese, killdeer, and sandhill cranes. And they keep coming until well into May. Isn't it actually making this place sound beautiful and fascinating? I, uh, Liz, I really love hearing about all these birds. Yes, yeah. that's, that's great. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately for people, the refuge is still closed. The FBI has to investigate. They're checking for explosives because they think that um, the people occupying it might have booby-trapped uh, parts oh, of the refuge. Uh, they're collecting evidence, and they're also assessing. They think there might have been damage. There are Native American artifacts and sacred areas there. And yeah. so the FBI has an art crime team. And they brought in the art crime team to work with the Burns Paiute tribe because the, the Paiute people are the ones that have really been there since well before Oregon was even founded. So there. So even though the refuge is still closed, uh, the birds can come and go at will. Yeah. But just FYI, in case you are interested in uh, investigating uh, this National Wildlife Refuge yourself, they do have in this story Harv Shubathi or shoe bottle or something. He's the president of the Oregon Birding Association. So 
He wanted everyone to know that they have the Migratory Bird Festival in April. And so they think the whole operation will be open to the public again by then. And he thinks that Malheur uh, National Wildlife Refuge is probably now the best-known wildlife refuge. I was going to say they'll probably get a lot of support yeah. and perhaps uh, good attendance yes. uh, because people will, will go there. So, so they are expecting right. that in April, Migratory Bird Festival in April. You can jot that down on your calendar. Uh, I just thought I would mention that. And I'm very happy for the birds because – Birds don't care, right? Life goes that on for the Liz, birds. Liz, the ultimate marker, marketer, I can see that as a bumper sticker. I can see <laughs> it as little wristbands, you know, on T-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, refrigerator magnets. Get to work, Liz. Okay. The birds will appreciate it. <laughs> Maybe for the big April Migratory Bird Festival, we'll have a product line going. <laughs> Liz, well, the news from Dallas is a little more dubious this week. Um, I'm just calling this like dubious entertainment news from Dallas. You know, you know, Dallas is not like L.A., Liz. I I think that's pretty clear Uh, that we and that the city of Dallas has sort of a dubious history in terms of either creating entertainment or contributing, contributing to the entertainment world. I mean, when you think of, well, Dallas. We had the show. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, there's that. And, and, you know, it is amazing. I mean, you should just try this on your next international business trip, please. It doesn't matter where I go in the world. If I say I'm from Dallas, people go, JR, and they give me two thumbs up. (laughs) And that show is still on all over the world. Oh, I'm sure that's true. Yes. People just, they know it. But again, he's not like, he wasn't a very fine character. You know, he was manipulative. He was the snake of South Fork. You know, I mean, he was an oil. That's why people think that way of Texas, Julie. Yeah, I know. I know. They still do. They, I mean, they've done all kinds of marketing research. And I'm, uh, even t- in 2016, that is, that's the big thing, you know, Dallas, the show. Okay. We also, the city of Dallas, um, brought the world Barney. Now, I don't know if you have a negative opinion about Barney. I don't, I don't really, I don't, you know, but you know, I don't have kids, yeah. so I never had to endure hours and hours of listening to or watching Barney. Right. But apparently many people are not able to get the theme song of Barney out of their heads. And so they hold deep-seated resentment <laughs> towards Barney and and the city of Dallas. The other big entertainment generator here is, sadly, Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, when you think about the range of films, TV shows, you name it, that have right, been, right. Uh, uh, you know, that have been made regarding the assassination of JFK. It's amazing. They have a new one. James Franco is doing a new movie on on JFK. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Another another movie. Yeah, because that's that's part of our... our the Dallas legacy, yes. The, yes. Okay, but here's the big news this week is that we, in fact, are, are getting our own franchise, franchise, The Real Housewives of Dallas. Okay? Oh, my God. Oh, that's exciting. So are you uh, you going out for that in any way? Have you? Yeah, oh, yeah, have they sure. auditioned you, Julie? Yeah, sure, Liz. Yeah, that's right. No, they, I mean, and um, they are positioning this, that this is going to be bigger, wilder, and darker than any Real Housewives uh, show that's out there. Sure, it's, it's Texas, out. baby. Yeah. So that's kind of sad news, don't you think? That's no, good. I think that's excellent news. Oh, no. Uh, that I, you're going to find out about all kinds of people in town that you wouldn't otherwise know. There will be all these, like, trendy restaurants featured in it. And, oh, I'm just thinking of the hair and the fashions. I mean, uh, 
I think the rest of the world needs Real Housewives of Dallas. I'm actually surprised it doesn't already exist now that I think about it. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it should probably should have been one of right after Orange County. Yeah, I, th- I think we should have gone right to Dallas, but they have it now, and it's it's coming out soon. So uh, we're not going to be reviewing it at Satellite Sisters. You're on your own to watch. <laughs> okay, that. well, you say that now, but when it sweeps the nation. <laughs> and it becomes like the only thing that's happening in Dallas is oh, Real Housewives of Dallas. I, I, I can see you on the Tuesday show addressing Real Housewives of Dallas. <laughs> no, Liz. No, we do very highbrow stuff, Liz, on the Tuesday show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there. We are not going. Mark my words. Okay, I'm excited. I'm setting my TiVo right now. Okay. Well, Liz, I, 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 um, I, have, I did see a movie, uh, and this was part of... My actually my Valentine's Day gift to my husband, okay, because he has wanted to see this movie. I felt like I should see this movie, but I really didn't want to go see the movie. Of course, I'm talking about The Revenant Uh, or AKA the Bear movie. Okay, (laughs) the Bear movie. The Bear movie. Okay, so I'm not going to give a review of it. That's I, I feel like people that information is out there, but I do have some tips that I wanted to pass on. Uh, that first of all. Do not go to this movie alone, okay? That is... Okay, well, I'm going to tell you I did. So once oh. you finish your your tips, I will tell you about my experience with the bear movie. Okay, okay. Well, first of all, I would say do not go... It's so intense that you are going to need to talk to someone about it. Uh, oh. Like, you're going to stagger out of the theater, and you're just... You're going to need help. So you should... You should not go see that movie alone. Okay. And it's inaccurate to call this the bear movie. Okay. And that is because it really should be referred to as the bear, bison, and horse movie. Okay. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I think because many people have seen the previews, they know that there's a bear attack in this movie. I'm not giving away anything there. And so you're primed for that bear attack. Okay. But I did not see those other two animals coming. Okay. <laughs> and that, that, that was too much for you? That was, it was too much for me. The bear, I believe, deserves an Academy Award. That was outside, that was incredible. Okay. So this movie is a horrifying. I mean, you cannot watch sections of this movie. I mean, you're just going to be pre- prepared to avert your eyes. But at the same time, I'm just giving you this as a tip. It is there the some of the most beautiful images I have ever seen on a screen are in this movie. I thought it I thought there are things in this movie that were so beautiful and and so you know mesmerizing uh that I will never forget that in a in a very, very positive way. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh another tip if you insist on going to see this movie, <laughs> just have hot tea all primed and ready to go. Because you, you are just freezing in this movie. This is the <laughs> coldest place. It's all, I, you know, we all know it's all shot in natural light, which is, again, that's why it makes it so beautiful, you know, because it looks so natural and real. Uh, but you are just freezing. And I know it's going to win a lot of awards. I, I just, so yeah. I can't say I'm happy to see it or any, I'm just passing on these tips well, especially when they're standing in the river and things like you just like it looks so cold anyway, and then they're standing in the water. I yeah. don't understand. Yeah, yeah, it's just so so darn cold. Anyway, so but you saw it by yourself, Liz? No. Yeah, well, I, I mean, let's just be clear. I didn't see the whole thing. 
Because I thought, okay, it's nominated for a lot of Oscars. Yes, yes, it is. I need to see it. I've been putting it off because I don't like super violent movies. Right. Uh, And everyone I know and trust said it's super violent. But again, everyone was saying what you were saying. It's so beautiful. So, uh, so Friday, we got out of work early because it's a long weekend. So, you know, it's like at three o'clock. They're like, okay, everyone can leave whenever you want. So, there was a four o'clock show at a movie theater on my way home. So I thought, okay, I'll just knock this off my list. I'll just go see The Revenant this afternoon on my way home from work, and then I will start my weekend. So I go to my favorite, <laughs> go to my favorite theater, Landmark oh, Theater. Oh my gosh. That is like the, that is the worst. I know, I know that now. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Oh. oh. All right. Well, one of the reasons, okay. one of the reasons the Landmark Theater is my favorite theater is because a couple of the theaters they have are little they're screening rooms. They're not big theaters, so it's couches in there, not okay. not regular okay. seating. And that's normally where they either have movies that are so indie, they know not many people are going to go see them, or they've been out long enough so that, you know, it's there in case there are still a few stragglers left who, who haven't seen it. And so The Revenant was in that category. So the four o'clock show of The Revenant was in the little screening room. And uh, so, you know, I'm on a couch, I'm settling in, I'm like, okay, this is going to be comfy. I get through the bear attack, because as you say, you know that's coming. And I actually thought that was fascinating. Like, I don't know how they did that. That looks... See, that's, I know, that's what I mean. That uh, like, it, like, it was pretty unbelievable. But then, like, then it really starts to get worse from there. And <laughs> I, it just, it was... It was too much for me, Julie. I just could not. I was trying to hang in and trying to hang in. But it's not too far, like, down through the story where I won't even say it. But, you know, the thing with the sun uh, happens. And I'm out at that point. So I I lasted 45 minutes. I think is how long I lasted in that movie. The thing with the sun, I was like... Okay, this is this is really going downhill fast. I have just seen no reason why I need to see. I got the gist of this. That's sort of my feeling. Like, okay, yeah, it looks great. I gotta go. <laughs> and so I just I could I could not watch it. I I can understand that. I can understand walking out on that movie. And and you should not do it alone. You should yeah. not go to that movie by <laughs> by yourself. Please. I'm sure that I, I walked out. Almost everyone else in the theater was either a guy. Or a guy with a girl, you yeah. know, where she was there because he was there. Because he really wanted yeah, to Yeah, the couple it. sitting right next to me, he had already seen it once. And now oh. he had talked his girlfriend into coming oh. to see it. So, yeah. uh, so I'm sure they were snickering at me when I just, like, crawled out for 45 minutes in. But yeah. sorry, not for me. Uh, I understand why people love it, but... You know, yeah, you didn't even. Yeah, if you. If, so I didn't get to the bison, so I have no idea what you're talking about with the bison. <laughs> the bison or the horse, please. Or the horse. Okay, no bison, no horse for me. I, okay. I got the gist of it, though. No, but... no, no, you didn't. I don't, <laughs> no, you didn't. Really. Okay, but speaking of horses, then, on okay. the flip side, the movie you must see, maybe you've already seen this, Julie, but like a just 
beautiful, delightful, warm, lovely, intelligent movie that I saw yesterday is Mustang. Have you seen Mustang? No, no, I haven't heard okay, about that. Okay, no. you would really enjoy this movie, okay, Julie. Okay, I'm writing that okay, down. Okay, this is, it's nominated for an Oscar in the foreign film category. It's actually France's official submission for Best Foreign Language Film, but it's about Turkey, and it all takes place in a remote village in Turkey. Oh, and okay. It's just, it's a beautiful, lovely story about five sisters, okay? Really? Yes. So it's about five sisters who are orphans. They're being raised by uh, their grandmother in this small village a thousand miles from Istanbul. So you know that very rural part of Turkey. So they're being raised by their grandmother. And when they're young, they're kind of allowed to do whatever they want, and they have a lot of freedom, and they're being educated. But the older they get, like into their early teen years, their lives become more and more restricted. Soon they're just locked in their home and educated only just to, you know, how to cook and clean. And then slowly they're being married off to various people. But it's basically about the five siblings and how they support each other and what happens to each of them as she, as she gets older. And it is just, you know, it is thoughtful. It is delightful. Um, it tells you a lot about the culture of arranged marriages and women in these rural societies and what the limitations are around their jobs, around their lives. But the five girls are so beautiful and so adorable and have so much fun with each other. They are such a life force that this movie is totally worth seeing. And I went to see it because it had been recommended on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So the uh, several people had said they had seen it and, uh, and highly recommended it. So I think for, for our group, for the Satellite Sisterhood, no bears, try Mustangs. That's what I would say. Like, if you've already seen the bear thing, okay, I hope, uh, good for you. But if you want to see a beautiful movie in the spirit of the Satellite Sisterhood, it's called Mustang. It's playing all over the country now in kind of indie theaters. And uh, you're going to want to see that before the Oscars because you could win your Oscar pool uh, betting on this movie. All right, Liz, good recommendation. I'm going to be on the lookout for that movie. Yeah, and Lori posted in our Facebook group that she and her daughter went to see Room this week based on our discussion of it last week and also felt like it was a very powerful worthwhile movie so remember room is still out there but uh but mustang is just really these these girls are so beautiful and so fun to watch and the story is so so heartbreaking i highly highly recommend it okay liz well liz you know while uh while you were busy at the movies i was um scanning various sources to bring uh, a fashion week report to satellite sisters. Now this is something that, you know, our sister Sheila usually does, but as we right. said, she's working hard. So I've, I've taken it upon myself that, well, you know, we do need to continue to report on this. It was fashion week in New York. And here's the headline, Liz, we're in trouble. Or you're, okay. <laughs> Who, who's the we in that headline? Everyone. We are in trouble sisters. Cause I have some of the big fashion trends coming out of fashion week and, uh, and it's, there's only one trend that I think you, of all the sisters, could pull off, and everyone else is pretty much in trouble. Okay, big, big news, slip dresses. Oh, This God. is, you know, uh, you know, and it's so funny, Liz, because you know I've just moved into my new house. I'm still unpacking, and I actually found, um, found in a box some slips that I used to wear, and I was thinking, 
I am like the only woman left in America that wears a slip, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you probably don't own a slip. But, but I, mom would be so proud of you, Julie. I know. That's... I know. I, I know. Her mother believed. She believed in slips. She believed in slips. They were the foundation of a civilization. <laughs> it's a slip. Okay. And, but I just, and so I have, I have quite a few slips, Liz. And, uh, and I do wear them from time to time. But again, I feel like I'm the. But I'm not the, as outerwear, right? No. And that's the problem, Liz. Slip dresses. Okay. You, I mean, I just, uh, I don't even, this is going to be the star attraction now. You're going to see this in all the stores, slinky slips, cut on the bias, you know. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe if you're 16. Yeah, they look don't... adorable on teenagers. Okay. okay. Yes, go for it. Even no, into your 20s, go for it. I think it's too skimpy, Liz. I think it's too, they're, they're saying you can wear these slips to work, you know, some of the darker. Oh, yeah, no. no I don't think don't so. Don't do okay. that. Okay, so well, that. It depends on where you work, but. If you work in any place at daylight during the day, then no. No. Okay. Here's another trend that's going to be, this is not going to be your look, Liz, and that is prairie dresses. Okay. (laughs) In particular, I think you do not like the soft ruffles, the calico, the quilts, the flower prints. This is, you know, the Laura Ashley slash Laura Ingalls Wilder. This is not going to be your look, but this is a big look coming out sun bleached prairie dresses like okay. you've spent your days on the plains liz okay um, yeah no no okay, don't this do that it's all part of the revenant influence on fashion no no, no not no. that there was a single woman in that movie well no, during the no, part no. that i saw anyway they were all no, dead no prairie dresses that was not warm enough <laughs> to wear to wear the revenant okay here's another big trend now as you might recall cast back we we're doing a little trips down memory lane today i had the first of these in Fairfield, Connecticut. The very first girl ever. Okay, in- can I guess? Yes, go ahead. Shag haircut? Shag haircut. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's right. I had the first shag haircut uh, in our hometown. Uh-huh. Okay, it's, and you know, it's it's still a cute look, okay? It uh, is, that's uh, true. And, and they're coming back, Liz. Shag haircuts. I, I, I don't think that's for you. I know it's not for me. My shag haircut days are over, but... Perhaps yeah. if you sort of see yourself in the Jane Fonda or like Joan Jett kind of kind of life, you know, tough girl thing, maybe you want to think about a shag haircut. But okay. so far, three big trends. We're not going to be able to do it. Um, there is a big trend in men's fashion that I, I mentioned just because we talked about the movie, and that is trapper chic, Liz. That trapper you, chic. So is that like beaver pelts? No, bigger, Liz. Think bigger. Giant bear coats. <laughs> So you too can look like a French fur trader. If you're the man in your life, this is the look. Dolce and Gabbana are, are they're going to have these are giant fake oh or God. real fur coats and they're heroic and it's organic and it's simple and it's natural and you can have it. And I think it will ward off the cold and all Indian attacks, Liz. Okay. Okay. Here's the only chance for you, Liz, uh, as picking up one of the new trends coming out of the fashion week. And that is what is being referred to as futuristic techno motocross punk. Wow. That's a lot in one look. That is, those are four words that I would never use, but I believe that when you break it down, it's sort of leather, it's sports gear, it's more leather, and a couple of chains and some boots. And I believe you could do this, Liz. You could work on the futuristic techno okay. motorbike right. punk um, look. I think that would look good, actually, with a shag haircut. 
on the right person. Again, just going back to Joan Jet, your Joan Jet reference. Yes, yes. So, so anyway, Liz, there you have it. Um, it's not good news, uh, but maybe work on that last one. Okay. All right. I'll see what I can do. Wow. The uh, the fashion week is it over already? Is there any chance there are going to be any trends that we can jump on? Or no, no? I, I I don't know if it's over. But to answer your second question, I am sure that we're not going to be able to jump on any trends. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm like a hundred percent sure of that. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Moving on. We do have a, an installment of uh, the Bitter Business Bureau here today because. Both Julie, you and I have spotted trends in the news that we think are kind of a sign that that maybe I don't know. Maybe this is why people are feeling the burn. Maybe this is why uh, there is so much um, enthusiasm out there for the uh, the Sanders campaign uh, because the the one percent of the one percent does seem to be making a lot of headlines. Here's the headline. In today's Los Angeles Times, you know how much I love the section called Hot Property. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's sort of, you know, you get your Hollywood gossip and real estate all in one. All in, in one. It's yeah. the total package for what really moves people in Los Angeles. So uh, this headline says, Spec House is yours for $100 million. <laughs> So that's it, Julie. It's a $100 million house. <coughs> I, it's I a, see, I can't, like, I can't even understand that, Liz. Like, tell me more I, about Okay, it. I'm going to tell you more because uh, there are diagrams here. There are uh, pictures. Um, it's a spec house, so this doesn't exist yet. But people are standing by ready to build this house for you in the Truesdale Estates area of Beverly Hills. Uh, which I have no idea where that is, actually, for obvious reasons. Uh, Why would I ever? Clearly, this is not uh, my part of town. But uh, there's an acre in Truesdale Estates uh, in an area called Billionaire's Row, uh, another place I've never heard of. Uh, So this is a 24,000-square-foot home. Uh, It's going to be ready to build uh, for you in this area. Here are some of the, the features that, if you need these things, Julie, I think it's all done and ready to go. Um, there's a glass foyer, a great room with a hidden bar. I don't oh, know yeah, what that I, means. I, There's no point to have a bar showing. <laughs> That's what I think. Oh, but in another place, there's a bar showing. So, it, oh, so oh. there's a hidden bar in the great room. Um, there's an 18-seat dining room, which doesn't seem nearly enough, really, if you're the people that would buy a $100 million house. Right. Uh, there is a two-lane bowling alley. That's good. I like, I think it's good to have your own bowling alley. Okay. Two lanes though. I was wondering about that. Like if you have one, do you have to have two so that like teams are competing against each other? Is that the way this goes with home bowling alleys? I don't really know. Uh, (laughs) Then there is a, um, a wine wall in a sort of downstairs lounge area. So it's, so basically you're sitting in another living room and there's a glass enclosed. It's sort of a wine cellar, I guess. So it just pretty much looks like a restaurant, like a trendy restaurant. Oh, you, yeah, where they have the wi- wine in the wall, yeah. in these glass walls. Yeah, yes. I like that look. It okay. looks nice in a restaurant. So if you're too lazy to go to a restaurant and you want to install a restaurant in your home, they're going to do that for you. <laughs> Here's another thing. You would have to be pretty darn lazy not to go out and do this. This home, Julie, has a nail salon in it. Now, oh, that why would sense. anyone need a nail salon in their home? Well, Liz, I mean, you don't want to go out and go to what? What? What's that? 
Happy Street Lane, whatever that one Nail is. Spa it, Nail Spa yeah, Lane. Nail Spa Lane. I was there you yesterday. You want to be with the commoners? Yes, I do. You live, you live in a $100 million spec home. You want <laughs> You want but, your own nail salon so you can have perfect nails. Uh, it just seems like even if you want your nails done at home, do you need a separate room for that? I would have thought that, that you could totally do that in your bathroom, in your bedroom. How about out on your terrace? I'm not sure I need a separate room for uh, a nail salon. It's like, what's your... Do you have another, can I ask, do you have another room for uh, like a hair salon? Is there a hair salon in this spec home? Uh, no, but there is, uh, there's a 20-seat theater. Oh, of course. There is a wellness center, which I guess is what they call home gyms now. Okay. <laughs> and uh, there's a nightclub with a DJ booth and a full bar. So this home has three bars in it, Julie. One is hidden. <laughs> one is a wine wall. Uh, and one that has a DJ booth attached to it. So there you go. And there are seven bedrooms and 14 bathrooms. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. And here's the part that I really, I don't need any of those things, but the part that I would enjoy <laughs> is all of the rooms have automated glass walls that open to a 140 foot swimming pool that runs the entire length of the estate. Okay, so, now you're talking. Okay, now that would be good. Your money's worth. <laughs> I, I agree that. Yeah. And then the final feature is what they call a museum-inspired garage. Like, what does that even mean? A museum-inspired garage? I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I guess if you've been to a car museum and you want your home garage to look like that, and it says it will hold as many as eight cars, that doesn't seem like enough. For a museum, for a whole collection, if you're a car collector, I don't know, Liz. So I, I would say for most people that you you would take the space that's being devoted to the nail salon and add that to the uh, garage so you could fit more cars in there. See, Liz, you're all right. That's, that's going to cost you more than $100 million, Liz. You're making cha- changes to the plan. Oh, that's true. Yes. And they call this, that's funny you say that, Julie, because it says this is the turnkey purchase price. Like, that's it. It's ready to go. Or you can just buy all the plans. So I was thinking, for in case you wanted to try something like this in Dallas, uh-huh. you, don't need, you don't even need to move to Beverly Hills. They'll just give you the plans for this. And you can uh, give that a go there somewhere in Dallas. Now, does this come furnished, Liz, when you say turnkey? Or is that... You know, it doesn't say that, though. All of the drawings have furniture in it. Huh. But I would think so, too. If you say turnkey for $100 million, I want the furniture. Yeah. And the chaise lounges by the 140-foot pool because okay. uh, that looks nice. Anyways, well, Liz, spec house is yours for $100 million. You can see why why Bernie Sanders is just all worked up about these things. I know. I know. Well, I'm telling you, there's another article that will make you feel the burn. And that's in, first of all, it's in a section of the New York Times, uh, I guess, Either they have never sent, uh, we don't get it in this region. It's called the wealth section. Is that something new? Oh. But they have a new. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that either. I don't get that either. So maybe I got the wrong paper this morning. It was I'm supposed saying, to go to one of your neighbors in another neighborhood. No, in another neighborhood, I think, <laughs> where they have a special. So if you've got, if you've got the hundred million and, you know, and you're buying the, um, the spec home, you might also want to um, consider renting a jet or an island or jewelry or a very uh, luxury car, or certainly you can do that with luxury clothing. That Now this idea that you don't have to own things, even if you can afford them, that ownership does not have the cachet that it always has, Liz. Um, oh, really? That renting is now shedding its déclassé image. <laughs> 
that oh, isn't that it it is a shift in the mentality of, uh, of sharing versus owning no i i see no, yeah, i'm sure people would enjoy sharing their jets that's good sharing the jets or sharing the, the i mean you share an uber ride right uh, but you don't share a yeah that's ten dollars that's ten dollars a private island. So that's what this is. So all of these luxury resorts and islands and yachts, they're just, they're, they're getting into the rental business because they believe this is what the new, you know, this is what people want. They want this sharing economy that people, it's, you know, people don't, they don't want, they want to rent vacation homes because like when you rent a vacation home in St. Bart's, um, it fits with the, your globe-trotting lifestyle. Sure, And yeah. then it provides you with the flexibility that you need. You don't have to bother with taxes or ownership. It's this, such a bother. It, I know. Yes. This is what people find when they own yachts, Liz, that it's, it's you know, sometimes you just don't want to own the yacht. That's too much You trouble. don't? I don't. You get, you'll get those barnacles. You, there's, it's a bother, Liz. <laughs> it's a bother. So, you're so right. That's exactly what one of these luxury charter groups says. Many wealthy people don't want the hassles of owning a yacht. They don't want that <laughs> hassle. It must be quite a hassle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So they're just, it's the sharing economy. It's, it's the same as Lyft, but it's a, it's a yacht or a jet is what right. you're saying. Right. That, that, that a lot of Yeah. People- I mean, why shouldn't the 1% enjoy the sharing economy too? I guess, you know. Right. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be bitter about that. Right. They want to like, if instead of owning a jet, because, um, one of the big chief executives of the bloom business jets, he says that a lot of people don't want to own a plane because it's a big undertaking. You have the pilots, you have the staff, you know, you just, you know, you want to be free to go and do what you want. The same with your jewels, Liz. You get tired of wearing those same multi-million dollar jewels. Okay? You do? Wow. Yes. I like, didn't realize that. Not, you know, it, the pleasure is not there, Liz. There, It is. It depreciates in value. Oh. If you're wearing Oscar de la Renta ball gowns around your $100 million spec house, by the th- third time you put that ball gown on, Liz, it doesn't feel as good. Okay? It's boring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. And this is a whole section of the paper? This is a section. It's called the wealth. That's the name of this section. I got it by mistake. <laughs> Gosh. I don't know. So. Okay. Well, that's... Um, I, uh, you understand. I mean, it's real. surprising what's going on in the world sometimes. It's really yes, surprising. It so it you is. do, it helps you understand a little bit of the anger when you see that this is yeah. a whole section of the paper now. <laughs> that uh, you are not getting. And that we're not getting. <laughs> we're, not, we're not even supposed to know about it, Julie. Like, That's I true. think the fact that you've blown the whistle on the fact that there's a whole section of the New York Times that most of us are not getting. Yeah. Like, th- there could be blowback from that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of fashion, the one of my favorite fashion events of the year is tomorrow night in Los Angeles, and that is the Grammy Awards. Oh, so yeah. I I always enjoy that. I think it's one of the the best red carpets uh, because people really go for it in the music business. They'll wear anything, right, or uh, nothing, well, or, no, or nothing. Nothing. That's what they're wearing. Yes. So I'll be watching to see if there are any big bear coats. 
Fair coats, slip dresses. Look for those prairie dresses, Liz, and shag haircuts. As soon as you see a shag haircut, you post it. Okay. Oh, my God. And then uh, a couple of other notes from our Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Um, Katrina posted, This is we had been talking about the Gilmore Girls a few weeks ago, Julie. Do you recall that? And, yes, indeed. And I confess that I've never seen a single episode of the Gilmore Girls, and everyone came down on me. Well, Katrina said, she's into it now. She's been binging on the Gilmore Girls, and she had no idea that it was as fantastic as it was. So, you know, we turned her on to that. And Molly posted, I think, this week's most provocative question. Uh, and her question was about those $99 plush bears <laughs> that are being advertised for Valentine's Day. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. she oh. just wanted to know, like, really? <laughs> who, who wants one of these? And I think it was pretty universal in the Satellite Sisterhood that nobody wants to get a big $99 bear for Valentine's Day. Not unless it has like a, a diamond necklace around its neck. <laughs> no. Or it comes with two bowling alleys. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I do hope everyone had a good Valentine's Day and that not too many of you got those got those plush bears. There was someone who commented that as far as she could tell, they were just giant dust magnets. Which <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> about right. Which I think is about right. Uh, so what do you have coming up this week? Anything? Uh, Big week. We have Downton Abbey is going to be on, Liz, as well as madam secretary secretary so that is that's that's a the double header we have uh here so um you can look for that on our tuesday show okay well i'm uh tonight i'm seeing my college roommate the one who sent me the merry christmas slash happy valentine's day postcard so uh so that's going to be fun and then i don't know got a whole day tomorrow i love these three-day weekends uh got to figure out what to do tomorrow with my day tomorrow i'm not uh, sure don't do not go back to see the revenant don't just don't Liz. <laughs> no i'm done as i said i got the gist of it really 45 minutes was more than enough to for me to totally understand what this movie was going to be about um and i don't need any bison or horses to lose their lives or try to take mine uh in that process uh okay let's see what else. oh i did want to mention one more thing uh, the the Muse conference that I mentioned the other day on the show, uh, I will be – that's the first weekend in March in Bend, Oregon. Our niece, Fiona, uh, who lives in Bend, Oregon, and myself, we will be uh, appearing at the Muse conference. We now know that we are on the stage on Saturday afternoon. So you can go – I think it's museconference.org or something. Anyway, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, you can check that out. If you're going to be in the area and you want to attend the conference, it's a it's a women's empowerment conference that is particularly meant to inspire teenage girls. And so that's why I'm delighted that, that the Satellite Sisters part of it will be one of our very own Satellite Sisters Next Gens. So um, the uh, I'll make sure there are notes there so people can check that out. And then what else? I guess that's it. All right. Well, Liz, have a good week. You too. Uh, Everyone, have a happy Valentine's Day. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.